Hello, welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams, and I am joined by Father George Elliott. Father George, it is always good to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks, Father Rob. Today, we are in our worship and sacraments and general faith practice episode, and I wanted to talk about Advent and fasting. Advent and fasting. Now, I think we all know that Advent is a purple season, but we don't really talk about Advent as a fast. What do you think about that, Father George? Yeah. You know, so first off, it just struck me that it's odd that, you know, people throw fits about um, referring to rose vestments as pink, but never violet vestments as purple. <laughs> Have you thought about that? <laughs> you know, you know, I'll say this. I was asked to put together the directives for all the priests, like for Advent, like what you're supposed to do and not do. And my uh -huh. favorite one that I wrote, because I just, I really don't care about this, but it felt great to write, was like, <laughs> the vestments are to be violet. Blue is not an appropriate color in the United <laughs> States. And I just want to be fully honest that my feelings are the opposite, but I have to do what the church says. So exactly. violet, not purple. Violet. Definitely. <laughs> I, I remember there used to be a note in the Ordo that I loved. It used to say that, like, yes, they're they're purple vestments, but more on the blue side of the hue. And I was like, <laughs> is it purple or is it blue? Is it mauve? Like, what what is are we it, doing? Whoa, mauve. There it is. Like, <laughs> add that to the Catholic link vocabulary list. <laughs> <laughs> we just yeah. Last time I said suffuse, now mauve. Like, <laughs> I really am becoming Bishop Aaron. <laughs> wait till I quote Shakespeare. Just wait. That's right. <laughs> but all jokes all right. aside, all jokes aside, uh, I, I do. Rem I remember something that was said a lot in seminary and that I've heard a lot of good Catholics say. So I don't want anyone to feel like they're being attacked. But a lot of people say Advent is strictly speaking not a fast. Mm. It's not a fasting season. It's a season of waiting and preparation. Yeah, that also is what I always uh, was told, um, which was essentially, you know, Advent is primarily preparation and therefore also fasting, um, whereas Lent is primarily fasting or penitential as the primary means to prepare for the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it, what, it's, what your it, thoughts? it's really complicated. It's really complicated. So we know... We know from history, Advent was a fast. We know mm. this. Uh, yeah. We know it because the way that the, the early sacramentaries and missiles worked was you were really not supposed to celebrate Mass on a fasting day. Now, this will blow your mind as a Catholic today, but in the, in the early church and even in the Dark Ages, and we still see this in Orthodoxy, we still see it in Eastern Christianity, there's this idea that the Eucharist is not its own justification. Which sounds bad when you say it, but when you ask yourself, why should I celebrate the Eucharist today? Or why would the church celebrate the Eucharist today? Normally we say, well, because it's the Eucharist, because it's Jesus' sacrifice, right? That's not how they thought about it. They thought about it as there has to be a an occasion, right? That the prayers of the church are good, like the Psalms, the, the candle lighting, the singing. And then on feast days, on Sundays, on the martyrs' days, we celebrate the resurrection, right? And this it's the Eucharist is a special thing that happens in the church. Yeah. So we we know from these ancient sacramentaries 
that the Eucharist was often not celebrated during this time, except on Sundays. Yeah, that's right. I I really kind of forgotten about that, but that was a it was a very common thing, especially early on. I mean, it started off it wasn't at all you know during during the week, yep. just on Sundays that they would have have the Eucharist, and then it kind of as it populated more and more Advent and Lent were those last times. Yep. And do you know the last weekday? During during the normal Sundays or days weeks of the year, you know the the last weekday to get a daily mass. I hope it's really Tuesday in, in July or something like that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> good question. Uh, no, it's actually Thursday. So so they got to where uh, it used to be they only celebrated mass on like the martyrs' days, uh-huh. and then what they started to do was they started to they invented the votive mass as a way to create an occasion for the Eucharist. Right, so. Like on Monday, the occasion is we're celebrating the Holy Trinity, right? And uh-huh. Tuesday, we're celebrating the angels. That's where the votive mass comes from. There's a, There needs to be a reason to celebrate the Eucharist. So we'll make up a feast day. That's but great. yeah, but the last day to get one was Thursday. It was very backwards because that's the day of the Lord's Supper. I know. Tell, tell, tell uh, Leo the Great because he was <laughs> not on board. Uh, there was no Thursdays until after leo the great i believe so random fact but anyway uh i'm coming at this from from the the melkite side where this is a fast and it mm. began before thanksgiving uh it's the nativity fast and one of the things i found that's that's really cool because i used to not do anything like i would read a little bit more during advent you know go to confession like offer confession more as a priest but just last year i started keeping a fast during advent and i gotta be honest this is a hard time to fast yeah there's so many things going on and and it's hard as a priest because you don't want to like they don't no one has to fast it's not Uh like lent where like this is a thing right yeah and it's hard when your own parishioners want you to come to a christmas party or you're going to a thing with friends and and one of the I say this as a practical thing, maybe for our listeners. There's a great line from Saint Basil. And Saint Basil said that when you find yourself in a situation like this, where you're keeping a fast that maybe other people aren't, he said, "You eat what they put in front of you, but don't eat your full. Don't mm. eat your fill of it." So, like if you give up meat during Advent or whatever, right? Or you give up alcohol, or you give up dessert. You don't have to sit there and be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't eat meat during this time of year. He said, yeah, eat it, but don't eat your fill. You know, if if someone gives you cake, like you can eat some cake, but, you know, if you don't eat the whole piece, great. That seems seems very consonant with, I I always heard it from St. Francis. Ah. Talked about that, that when his brothers were fasting, they're like, nope, you just eat whatever's placed in front of you. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm sure that's actually some great thread of tradition there and if not it's just common sense because right charity right (laughs) but but i i mean when i say that i think people ought to fast a little bit during advent i don't want them to feel like they have to be a jerk i don't want them to feel like like oh advent's where you really suck it up and then christmas is when you get to have fun after everybody else has already been having fun yeah so i actually i have a question about uh the, the fasting as you're talking about it so my family when we grew up and definitely when when i was in the seminary when I was growing up, my family would like kind of attempt to give up something during Advent. Got a lot better at it when I was in seminary. Ah. Um, 
but you know, it was, it was typically like a small thing, you know, it'd be like, Oh, I'm not going to eat this kind of candy or yep. whatever. I'm not going to drink soft drinks or something, you know, things of that sort. When you talk about fast, like what, what kind of things are you talking about? So I think there's a couple of things that are actually really good to, to practice during Advent. And I, I, I go back to this all the time. I'm a broken record, so forgive me, but it's always prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it's not I actually, and maybe, maybe I'm a bad Roman Catholic because I say this. I've been invited to just become Melkite. So I maybe, maybe that's in God's hand one day. But you know, I think a lot of times as Roman Catholics, we look at prayer fasting and almsgiving as making up for our sins. And they do, right? Mm-hmm. They're penitential. Mm-hmm. But the East looks at these things as training grounds in heavenly life. Right? Yeah. So if we want to be ready to meet Christ at the second judgment or the second coming, we have to be good at living the life of heaven now. And if we're not, if we, so I, like I tell my parishioners, like, okay, so you say you want to be with Jesus forever at the second coming. How much are you able to pray in a day? And these words like condemn me too, right? Like, can you, if you're like, oh, I want to be with Jesus forever in heaven. Okay. How much do you pray? Uh, I don't. All right. Well, you sure have a funny way of showing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's not to say like you got to be a Carmelite, but maybe like 10 minutes a day. If you don't, you know, if you do 10 minutes, like 30. Yeah. What's, you know, what's the step you can take? Yeah. 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 So d- find a way to get closer to God that way. So, like, or I tell my parish, this is a good time to go to adoration. We have holy hour every week. You can come to holy hour. And then with, with um, fasting, strictly speaking, I think some good ones are like if, if people enjoy like beer, wine, drinks, whatever, like maybe Advent's a good time to put that stuff down. Not that it's evil or not that everybody has a problem, but it's just a good time to kind of stay away from intoxicants so that you're ready, right? You're, you're yeah, like, really stay awake, right? Be alert. Yeah, like being alert. Yeah. Staying sober for when the bridegroom comes. Um, but, right. I, but, and, and I don't say this to condemn people at all because those things are, are legitimate and they're good. As, as scripture says, you know, there's no harmful drug among them and, and wine gives joy to the heart. I'm not a prude, but, but I think sometimes we ought to recognize, like, feel the way you feel, you know, when, like if you step away from those things and you feel the, I don't want to say the emptiness cause that sounds harsh, but like, if you feel the sadness or you feel the loneliness or you feel the frustration, like feel it, right? Because that's where God can meet you. The more that you insulate yourself from pain, sometimes you're also insulating yourself from God. So Advent's a good time to, to kind of take that down. And then last thing I always tell people, you know, this is, this is more widely accepted, but like preparing for Christmas is time to give to the poor. It really is. Uh, And we are so strict all the time about like, well, I don't want to help this person because they'll go They'll go buy beer with it or whatever. And I laugh because I'm like, well, that's probably what I would spend the money on too. Like, I like <laughs> I don't care. Right. <laughs> but I, I just think we ought to, we ought to recognize that if we want God to recognize us, do we live like him? You know, do we if we want God to see us as his son, do we live like his son who gave himself up for all of us? And I'm afraid to give this guy like five bucks. You know, it's there's a little bit of a contradiction there. Yeah, no, that's convicting. That's good. So I just think, I think if we start to think about Advent as actually preparing to, to live this divine life that we have to grow in it, to like water the ground, 
I think we don't see these fasts just as pain. It's not just like, oh, you're bad and you need to make up for all the TV you watch, right? It's it's like you need to, I don't know, you, you need to learn how to live God's life because it's not automatic. Excellent. And I, I just, I'll close on this, but I kind of hope that if people do practice a little bit of fasting, that when Christmas comes, it won't be this kind of fake preparation, this kind of just like, oh, I, I went to confession, I'm in a state of grace, and now I get to receive communion at Christmas, and I'll, okay, cool. But like, really learn to develop that life that you get in baptism, that you restore in confession, that like, learn how to do that so that when Jesus comes again, and not just at Christmas, but when he really comes again, um, it'll just be a transition into what we're already doing. So anyway, that's a great line. I gotta learn. I gotta learn how to Bishop Bear in the end of my my sermons like that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, uh, Father George. I always appreciate your input on these things. It's good not to just be here by myself. It's a pleasure being on this with you. I always learn stuff, so it's good. Oh, good, good. Well, this has been the Catholic Link Podcast. Podcast for busy Catholics. You can head on over to CatholicLink.org, www.CatholicLink.org, and you can find all of our previous episodes as well as a lot of other great ways to develop your faith. In particular, I want to plug our small group initiatives. If you are someone who's looking to grow in your faith through small groups or you need a little bit more personal accountability, mentorship, whatever in your life of faith, you can find that over on our website, catholiclink.org. There's all kinds of information and a good way for you to plug into small groups if that's something you feel is missing from your life. Until next time, my name is Father Rob Adams. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you.